Hello, Texans, and good evening. Welcome to the program that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. It's Texans All Access here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. And John McClain is in the house from the Houston Chronicle as we count down to game day. The Texans and the Patriots from Foxborough Sunday noon kickoff. General, how are you doing today? Mark, four years and every time, every year at this time, I feel like a kid getting ready to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I always loved the first day and the last day, nothing in between, but I was always fired up for school, and that's the way I am now. I never, It never gets old. It, never. it can't. I mean, this is what it's all about here. You're opening the season at New England, and the Texans don't open on the road much. Last time they did this was 2013 in the Monday Nighter against San Diego at the time, now the L.A. Chargers. But here are the Patriots, John, and I really feel like there's no better time to get them than right now when they're not maybe set. Maybe you're not as set as you will be, but rip off the Band-Aid and open up against the AFC's best. Tell you this about the Texans. They're healthy. Going to be the healthiest they'll be all season because guys are going to get banged up. And Patriots have new tackles. They have a lot of new receivers. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of issues on offense. Front seven's good. Secondary, I'm not sure, but – I agree. If you're going to do it, this is the time. Now, are you with me on this, General? Because I really feel like, yeah, they have some offensive issues, but you still have to sort of not assume, but don't be surprised if they put up four touchdowns. I mean, this is what they do. They scored 30 and 27 points in their two losses in the early part of last season, and they scored 33 points in a Super Bowl loss. They went 13-3. and And they're awesome on offense. They always find a way to get it done. Their average offensive finish in points per game is three and a half in the last 12 years. I mean, they put it up. Last year they got blown out in their opener by Kansas City, and then they finished Mm -hmm. 13-3. and People talking about Brady, is this going to be the last year? Is he going to be as good? He threw for over 500 yards in the Super Bowl the last time he's on the field. I haven't seen or heard anything that makes me – think that he's going to let up other than maybe the talent around him you know Deion Lewis is gone um he's got Danny Amendola gone Julian Edelman suspended Brandon Cooks who caught the winning touchdown pass last season against the Texans he's gone it's almost like he should be offended that Bill Belichick doesn't do more to put talent at the skill positions for him as Bill Polian used to do with Peyton Manning Imagine what he could do if every year their first-round pick was a wide receiver tied in or running back the way it was in Indy. Yeah, he could do a lot of damage, and it's amazing how he turns guys into stars, if you will, that aren't necessarily that, like Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan, great example. Who is it going to be this year? Yeah. Is it going to be Anthony Dorsett, Cordell Patterson? There's, there's one more. Will one of those guys – Emerge. It doesn't really matter about them, to tell you the truth. It matters about Gronkowski. Yep. And you know James White's going to get targeted ten times. The, the Gronk and White are going to be, and Hogan, the primary receivers. And I can't wait to see what strategy Romeo Cornell has for those guys. Mm-hmm. Who's going to cover White? Is it going to be Zach Cunningham? Is it going to be Tyron Matthew? I can't imagine Matthew at 5'9 and 185 could cover Gronkowski, you know, bite him on the shoulder pad, you know, nip at his heels <laughs> like a dog chasing a train. But can't wait to see having Romeo back, the difference, having Clowney, Watt, Merciless, Matthew, uh, all those guys on the field at the same time. It's this, you know, 
If Jim Nance and Tony Romo are there, you know what the network thinks. It's going to be the biggest game uh, in the conference, and I can't wait. And it's not a far drive from Nance's Westport, Connecticut home, I guess, to go to New England. He likes spending some time there. But you're right. This is the game of the week. There's no doubt about it. John, what about this Houston defense? I look at the names. I look at the improvement year one to year two with Zach Cunningham and Dylan Cole. Bernardrick McKinney getting the big deal. And then you talk about why Clowney Merciless. You mentioned Tyron Matthew. I'm thinking that there's a chance that this defense could really do some damage against the Patriots. Again, I'm not going to assume it because I won't be surprised if New England finds a way to put up four touchdowns in the game, but I don't think it's out of the question that the Texans' defense comes up with a way to really slow down Brady. I wrote a column Wednesday that Texans are going to have best linebackers in the league. Without a doubt, Clowney and Merciless are the best outside linebackers. And when you factor in McKinney, Cunningham, second season, Dylan Cole, highest-graded NFL linebacker in preseason, according to Pro Football Focus, they got talent, they got good experience, and they Cunningham can run and cover, Cole can run and cover, Whitney can drop into coverage. I think they are going to be the best. And um, last year, Think about this. If I were to tell you right now, you're going to knock down Brady eight times and you're going to sack him five times, uh, do you think you're going to hold him down? Yeah. Yeah. 375 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. What else do you have to do? But if Corey Moore is not even on the team and dropped an interception or if he gotten over a split second sooner to Cooks on the 25-yard touchdown catch in the end zone that some people still think was – not a catch, but they're so much better at safety. So yeah. much better with Matthew, Kareem making the move, and Justin Reed, the first round pick. They're more athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, you, the front seven is going to be really good. And uh, those, those safeties, I, you know, when you say the offensive line was overhauled more than any position, but I don't think it's still going to be real good. Where I think the safeties are going to be real good. So I say the safeties are the most improved position on the team and maybe maybe the Texans will have more luck against Brady with the lat, with the back end of the secondary. You brought up something that I think is a huge key and that's James White. Brady throwing Ooh, a James yeah. White out of the backfield, a safety valve, a safe guy to throw to. He's made big plays for Tom Brady. And then you think about you mentioned Gronk, Honey Badger covering him. I don't know, maybe it happens from time to time, but you have Cunningham and Cole could end up covering Gronk on occasion as well. We'll see how they handle it. You got to double him. You got to have Maybe uh, because he can run, you'd have. I would say Cunningham and one of the safeties. I don't think Justin Reed. That's not fair to put him out there the first game. So maybe Kareem. He knows Gronk inside and out, and then have Matthew cover James White. And uh, and but you have to try to take those two guys out and make the other guys beat you. All right, so you mentioned some things about last year, and in order to even have that kind of scenario again, you need to score points. You're going to need to put up 30 probably to win this game, John. So what about the Texans on offense here? As Patriots saw them last year, Bill O'Brien, whatever wrinkles he's going to throw in, here they come in week one. One thing we left out on defense, it was the best game by Jadavion Clowney last season. Yeah, He had two sacks, fumble return for a touchdown, more hits on Brady he was good against the run. They Clowney now. He may not talk about it 
and I wrote this too, that you know his family, his friends, his fans, everybody is talking to him about those contracts Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald signed. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to get it paid as much as him, but he's got a chance to make a lot more now based on the price of business than he would have had he signed an extension. Good point. Which was never an issue. So if he goes out there and hits double figures for the first time, continues to be great against the run, maybe he's going to be defensive player of the year. We think this defense was number one two years ago, and it's got a chance to be even better Mm -hmm. as far as impact on the game. But I think this, you know, Jadeveon will never say it, but he's got to be seeing dollar signs, big dollar signs. As far as the offense, if I told you right now, Watson gets sacked twice, that's all. He has one legitimate interception. The other one was a Hail Mary on the last play. So two sacks and one interception, would you take that? I would. Yeah, absolutely, because I think he's going to throw a bunch of touchdown passes. I think he's going to throw some picks this year. I mean, come on. He's going to do it because you take chances, and every quarterback does. But I think he'll – the positives far outweigh whatever negatives there are out there. He's going to throw a bunch of touchdown passes this year, and it's going to be fun to watch. You realize last season he threw for 301 yards, two touchdowns. He scored 33 points. He was sacked twice. The running game at 125 yards. That That's offensive big. line, boy, that was a great offensive line, wasn't it, to have that kind of game? That just shows you when he's in, he, the defense is spread out because they worry about his running. They worry about him thro- rolling right, rolling left, throwing on the run. So I think Lamar Miller last year was Miller, Watson, and Foreman did the heavy-duty work on that on the running game. But I think uh, – it should benefit Lamar Miller between the tackles, having a defense spread like that. And I think any other situation, Mark, if it's fourth and one and you can put the way game away to where a Brady touchdown won't win it, mm-hmm. I think now that Bill O'Brien knows what Deshaun Watson can do, Bill won't be handing the ball off He'll be or kicking a field goal. He'll be having that ball in Watson's hands. And if it doesn't work, who could criticize it? Right. So I think we're going to see Bill be – uh, I don't think you'll see a lot of third and one handoffs. You know, let 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 him roll out. Yeah, you know, let him play, do a little bootleg, play action. Do what he did in fourth and inches at the goal line yes. here, yes. where you just spread him out and let Watson make a decision. I would never go to a short yardage offense. Every time I see short yardage and goal line with all the big guys in there, I think what Hall of Fame safety Kenny Houston told me thirty years ago. He said when he played. Defensive players hated it when they spread them out on short yards and goal line because you have one assignment, and if you it's you and that guy, and if you blow it, they beat you. But if it's jammed up in short yardage and goal line, you can make a mistake and somebody cover for you. Yep. And I've always remembered that. And if you say it's fourth and one at the goal or third and one at the 20, or fourth and one at the 20, if you spread out the receivers and put Ryan Griffin in the slot, how can Watson out of the shotgun be be stopped? Yeah, exactly. And he can run. He can throw. He hit Ellington on the touchdown on the play I mentioned in the preseason. He could do a lot of different things. This stat I find interesting, General. The Patriots were 29th on defense last year in yards allowed, but they were fifth in points allowed. They bent, but they didn't break. I'm wondering what we're going to see from this defense. They're pretty high on players like Derek Rivers and some of the players they have coming back with the new additions added in. But we'll see. I mean, this is week one. Defense is usually ahead of the offense. Texans got to come out firing. I remember in the playoff game, one score in the fourth quarter, and Osweiler throws two interceptions. 
And afterward, NFL Films picked up with a boom mic Brady telling Kraft on the field as they were hugging to go to the AFC Championship game how tough that game was, the Texans' defense was. Mm -hmm. And he didn't just say it like that. There was much more respect and admiration in what he told Kraft. And Romeo coached that defense. And I I don't – they're not going to shut down Brady. Of course nobody does that. You know, they played him really well in that game. They played him well in, in the fourth quarter last season. You know, one of the reasons, and I've, I've, I didn't second-guess O'Brien kicking the last field goal because Patriots didn't even have a first down in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The defense had shut down Brady in the fourth quarter. So you think, okay, you got to do it one more time, and it backfired, of course, but that happens with Brady. So I think defense will be ahead of the offense. Brady played quite a bit in preseason. I'm guessing that's because he missed so much time on OTAs and everything when he didn't report. But I think he's going to maybe be more ready coming into this game than he usually is when he plays less in preseason. John, the Texans entered the week with Kiki QT and Will Fuller not doing much in practice, so we're hoping that they're going to be ready. But if you don't have those guys, you have Ellington, you have Sammy Coates, I don't know if Vincent Smith will be active, but if he is, I think that Vincent Smith is going to make some plays. But obviously it's all about DeAndre Hopkins. And then when he gets the extra attention, what Watson can do without him. Your thoughts on the offense and how it might play out. I think a guy to watch who had a great game last year is Ryan Griffin. Mm -hmm. You know, Ryan's got 60 tickets for family and friends. He had a touchdown catch last year. He had that catch in which Watson went to his left and did something no quarterback's supposed to do, throw it back across the field as he was getting hit. And Griffin caught it and went for, what was it, like 17, 19, something like that. And is Patrick Chung, is that his name, the yep. safety? He tackled him, and Ryan told me this at an event in the offseason. Chung jumps up and goes, what the bleep? Where did that come from? How did you catch that? How did he throw that? And Ryan's like, I don't know. And and so I guarantee you, O'Brien told him, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. But I look for Ryan to have a good game. You know, when Fuller plays, and it's, if Fuller could play 16 games, imagine what he could do, the offense, the passing game, because his speed and what he did in that brief moment with four games with Hopkins and Watson last year just shows you how prolific this offense could be if he could stay healthy, if he had the durability of DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, as it is, I'd love to see Vincent Smith. I mean, why not? He made some plays over with Joe Webb, and he's got to know with, Deion, with Deshaun Watson, he's got a chance to be make more and more. I think they would utilize Miller more as a, run, as a receiver. And, but it'd be too bad if he couldn't play. QT, you can do without him. You didn't have him. You haven't had him preseason. You didn't have him, have him last season. But uh, uh, Fuller, you, you need all hands on deck. Yep. Think about something, Mark. Last year, Kevin Johnson didn't play at New England. Right. Neither did Aaron Colvin. Neither mm-hmm. did Tyron Matthew. Neither did Justin Reed. And Kareem played safety. So that's four starters we'll play who are corner. playing in this game and mm-hmm. Kareem in a new position. So maybe Brady won't throw five touchdown passes. That would be nice. All right, the general stays with us. The race starts this weekend. Rest of the AFC South, how the Texans are going to stack up against these teams as everyone begins the campaign. It's Texans All Access. Texans All Access.
Texans All Access, the General John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joining us this evening. And General, the Texans playing the Patriots on the road. AFC South action. Let's get into it a little bit here. Hold the, on a minute. I just thought of a question for what's you. What's that? I mean, what, when you go back mm-hmm. to New England, and yeah. specifically, are you guys staying in Foxborough or close to Foxborough? I'm in Boston. Well, there's nowhere to stay close to Foxborough. Yeah, we'll pay like 750 is, a night. This is either you stay in Providence or Boston. This is the worst road trip, I think, in the league. I agree. It's worse than Green Bay. In Green Bay, everybody oh, stays in Appleton, which is not that far away from Green Bay. So when you go home, so mm-hmm. to speak, what is what do you like to do? I like to see my friends, and I don't care where I go, because a lot of the places I used to go don't even exist anymore. It's been a while, you know? I mean, I love to see my old campus, Boston University. Two of my dearest friends in the world live in the Boston area. Uh, one of them's a diehard fan. He's a season ticket holder of the Patriots, so it's kind of weird. Uh, and he actually visited me here in 2015 when the Patriots came here for that Sunday night game. And I said, fine, you can go to the game. You can use my tickets, but you're not wearing any Patriots gear. You can wear <laughs> navy blue, okay? That's it. And that, Did he and do it? He adhered to my wishes. He understands now. How now. do you know? It took about, Well, because I saw him that day. Okay. And, you know, he, he took my son to the game and everything. I mean, it's, I get it. He's he's such a Patriots fan, and he thinks I am too. I'm I'm not. He finally is getting this. You know, I'm not a Patriots fan. In fact, I hate, I hate them the so much. <laughs> I mean, I like the Steve Grogan Patriots. You know, this this version. No, they're the enemy. Okay, what do you like to eat when you go home? Well, you lobster, some clam chowder, clam chowder. Me. Clam do you chowder. know Paul Gallant? Yeah. Said you know he's from up there. He hates mm. chowder. He just ripped clam chowder. I said, Paul, what is the How matter with he? you? How dare Lobster he? rolls and clam chowder. That's what I like. Yeah, and look, I, I still like a lot of the staples up there. They make good pizza. The North End is amazing, you know, for food. Oh, it's I love pizza. Terrific. Pizza in yeah. Boston, too. Do you mm-hmm. go to Donkey's? Uh, well, the, what's this pastry place? Mike's? I mean, Mike's, a, a, yeah, with a great Fiero restaurant down yeah. the street. A lot of these uh, places are very commercial. And when you live there, you know, when you live in a city, you tend not to go to the most commercial places. Like Faneuil Hall is where everybody goes in yeah. New England. Or they First place anyway. I went when I went in the late 70s. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I, I really enjoy going to New England. I think it's it's tremendous. And it's a great place to go in the summertime. But I hate the Patriots. Foxborough is in, an, is in a horrible area. I mean, it's not a bad area to live. I mean, it's actually very nice. But Route 1 is just a straight road that goes down there, two lanes, basically. They've widened it since. But it's not like you have great highway access to that field. They've done a tremendous job building it up, as you know. I know you used to go there in the 70s and 80s, and it was awful. It was an awful place. Harness racing track right next door to the stadium, which was an erector set. It was like the sea plan and stadium plans. It was just awful. And they built... Camelot there for professional football. I'll be eating a lobster roll and as much chowder as I can stomach. Of course. I mean, you have to try it there. Okay, sorry. It's I just good. was curious about you derailed what you here. liked about it. Well, I'm sure the Jaguars might have had some chowder when they went there for the AFC Championship game, but uh, and they'd like to get back. Texans have other ideas for them. Jaguars at the Giants. That's the home-opening opponent for the Texans in a couple of weeks. But what do you make of that one as the Jags try to defend the AFC South? Giants have a lot more offensive firepower with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. being healthy again. Saquon Barkley, I think they're going to run him like crazy. I think he'll compete with Ezekiel Elliott for the rushing title. Jaguars' defense is really good. Boy, do we see Bortles going into MetLife Stadium 83,000 fans, and 
and pulling off at Giants when the Giants are new coach. And I, mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to pick the Giants to pull an upset. I think they do it. I don't even know what the line is, and I haven't looked at all the lines, but I think the Giants are going to win this one at home for all the reasons you've mentioned. Eli Manning can still play this game. I know he's not perfect, and he makes some throws that make you say, what? But so does Bortles. So if the Giants are able to get any kind of offense, i like them to win this game. I agree. All right, so you have the Titans at the Dolphins, and boy, what a nice opener for them, really, yeah, to go to I, Miami. I think Miami's going to be terrible. I think Buffalo's going to be the worst team in the league. I, in my rankings, I think Whoa, I, Buffalo's the worst team the in the league. The worst team in the league. They John, go- all right, let, let's focus on them for a moment here because you just made a bold statement there with the Browns being who they are, but we'll get to them maybe. But the Bills, John, what are they doing? They went to the playoffs last year. Did they decide we're not close enough at all? We just have to strip it down and go? They got rid of their quarterback. They've lost three offensive linemen, two to injuries, and incognito, I think they cut him or he retired. That's one reason they won't start Josh Allen's because the offensive line's so bad. They don't want him to get destroyed, shoot his confidence, be shot right off the bat. So they put Nathan Peterman out there. But I just – I just there's nothing that impresses me about the Bills, and of course they lost their best personnel man in Brian Gain, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh huh. And I think they're going to be right there. Any any team starting a rookie quarterback like the Jets, I think is going to be bad. And I can't remember in my rankings who I put as my three worst. I have Cleveland winning like five games, so yep. they're not down there. But I I think Miami's going to be bad. And I've read a lot of things and seen a lot of things with people think Ryan Tannehill at 30 is going to bounce back. I kind of believe they will be one of those teams looking for quarterback in the first round next season. So Why are they keeping four on the roster right if now? If you're keeping four, that means, you know, maybe you don't have one. <laughs> but I just – Adam Case got rid of his best player on offense and his best player on defense. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Dominican Sue. And he wants to change the culture. That's almost become a cliche. But obviously he didn't like them behind the scenes. And so I just I just believe Miami's going to be bad in picking the Titans. Vrabel gets off to a good start, and then he loses the second game. Yeah, let them get fat and happy if that's the case. Let them feel good about themselves going into week two. Because win or lose for the Texans against the Patriots, Monday morning they have to wake up and prepare for Tennessee, and that's – you could argue that's a bigger game. It's a division game and everything, but I know this New England game is colossal and you can't talk anybody about okay, it. The that. biggest game is, is NBC, Sunday night, primetime. It doesn't have anything to do with the division, doesn't have anything to do with the conference. It's against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's, that's the October biggest 7th. game yeah. of the season. Yeah, it's, it's huge. All right, the Colts are entertaining the Bengals. What do you make of the Colts as they try to become relevant again with Andrew Luck against the Cincinnati team that's really been struggling? I would love to see Andrew come back, go the distance, throw for 300 yards, three or four touchdowns, and beat Cincinnati, yes. Ouch. Yes, you're the one that didn't want Andrew to come back. Well, I just for I want his to own beat him. Safety. You beat him fair and square. I care about him. The Texans I, have what, what a four-game winning streak over him. Why are you yeah, worried about him? I don't know. You should be worried about Jacoby Brissett, the Texans killer. <laughs> so I, I, I want to pick the Colts so bad because I don't think much of the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But they got so many new players. They were so bad last year. Luck's been out so long. What are the odds that he can come back? What kind of running game are they going to have? Mm-hmm. Just too many ifs, so I'm going with Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, other games of interest here, and I don't even know where to begin. I mean, there's so much going Cowboys on. Cowboys and Panthers? Well, let's go to 
Dallas this year, General John? What do you, what was your record prediction for them? Have you I published that yet? Them, yeah, I picked them to win the division over Dallas. Yeah, I did. Why? You Offensive said last line? year when I said Philadelphia and New England in the Super Bowl, you said Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. Well, so, I'll say it again. Dallas. I picked them because they were nine and seven last year without Elliott. Yeah. So Elliott's back for six games. I think he's going to lead the league in rushing. I was talking to some of their people here that last preseason game. Their plan is to run, run, and run some more, almost be old-fashioned throwback football. And But and, why not Philly? Why not Philly winning? Because I think Philadelphia is going to take a step back. Okay. And I just it wouldn't if Carson Wentz has not been cleared for contact now, can he start the second game? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So I'm thinking he's going to miss the first two. And I just, you know, Philadelphia – Last year, trick plays, Doug Peterson, it's like lightning in a bottle. And so I went with the Cowboys and Philadelphia to earn a wild card berth. I will not be surprised at all if the Chiefs go into L.A. and beat the Chargers this weekend. Boy. I know it'll be an upset, but I, I, a lot of people are picking the Chargers to do some heavy damage here. But you know Kansas City people have probably bought every, every ticket in that little band box, and they're going to turn it into Arrowhead L.A., it's going to be interesting. Chargers have no home field advantage for any home game. Mm-hmm. None. They don't even draw 30,000 when there's a team coming from, say, Carolina or Miami. Fans just do not care. They didn't get the support from San Diego. They were hoping they got when they moved. It just hasn't happened. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, Phillip Rivers is still good. You know, they were started slow, then got hot. They've got uh, – they got a really good pass rush, but man, oh man, I, Kansas City with Mahomes and and he, there's a guy who also will make like Watson make some incredible plays, and then will throw some interceptions because when you got a gun like he does, and he's used to fitting balls in college windows, it's a little different. He didn't have enough time to play last year, but he has got a great arm. They're going to be fun to watch. They have more speed. But I would say I'm picking a char- – you know what? I'm going with mm-hmm. you. I, I was going to say I'm picking the Chargers because they're home. We can't say that. So I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs too. All right. I like this one Sunday afternoon, the Seahawks at the Broncos. This is old AFC West stuff with Dave Craig and John Elway slinging – no, they're really not. It's uh, the Seahawks. Hawks with Russell Wilson in a rebuilt sort of mode and the Denver Broncos I have no idea what to expect here with Case Keenum I don't think much of either team I think Seattle's going to have a losing record you know, that Russell Wilson is basically all they got and and then Denver with Case new system uh it wouldn't surprise me if Seattle didn't go in there and beat them but I'm going to take the Broncos just because they're at home. How many millennials are going to call me out on AFC West with the Seahawks being in the NFC West and they're not going to remember or know that the Seahawks once upon a time were a great rival of the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers. It was fun. They don't, people, dear, a lot of them don't remember the Oilers and AFC Central and their top rivalry was Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the Central. How about that? So I'm going with the Broncos. I want Case to win. Case has a new book out. Everybody should check it out. You know if Case did it, it's going to be good. Should appeal to Cougar and Texans fans. Mm -hmm. I just. Every time you say Cougar, I think of something else. Wait, let me give you another one here. The Vikings and the 49ers, this is a good one. Who do you have? Where are they playing? In Minnesota. I will take Minnesota. Jimmy G's winning streak ends at five. I think the the 49ers have a chance to compete for a wild card. I think the Rams are going to run away with the division. Rams are going to the Super Bowl to play the Patriots. Minnesota, 
Boy, Minnesota's defense was the best in the league last year. Even better than Jacksonville's. They got Dalvin Cook back. Kirk Cousins trying to win a first playoff game. Uh, I think the Vikings crowd's going to be through the roof. They're going to win that game. Rams at Raiders, John. You mentioned the Rams, but what about Gruden and Oakland? It's bad right now as far as the criticism, and they haven't even played a game. But what if they actually do better than people think? Is that possible? I don't know. Gruden, when coaches come in, they want to change most of their roster. Mm -hmm. He's thinking, well, we get to Vegas, Khalil Mack be 29 years old. I get two number one picks and a three, gave up a two with Mack, and – it it wasn't the money they could they could fit the money under the salary cap with no problem but they're looking ahead which if I'm a Raiders fan right now in Oakland I don't like that but if Derek Carr could bounce back and play the way he did two years ago they they'd have a shot but I don't think they're gonna win this game I think the Rams are gonna beat them up big. All right, Atlanta and Philly tonight. This is the premiere. This is Thursday Night Football. Not really technically Thursday Night Football. Not the brand name of Thursday Night Football. It just happens to be played on a Thursday night. The season opener. It'll be on NBC tonight. Falcons and Eagles. What do you think? Falcons should have beaten them in the playoffs last year. 15 to 10, right? Julio Jones let a ball go through his hands. Philadelphia would never have even advanced. So I think the Falcons are going to get some revenge on Nick Foles in that game. They didn't think much Foles. The the Eagles didn't. They had an ultra-conservative game plan, and they barely won. So I think Atlanta's going to do to Philly what the Chiefs did to the Patriots last year on Thursday night, go in and pull an upset. Have you done a Texan season prediction yet? Uh, yeah. And what was the record? 10-6. Uh, and six. That's what I have. I predicted that the last game here against Jacksonville will decide the division. The Jaguars win. And then they play again in the playoffs in Jacksonville, and the Texans win. That's pretty creative. I'll take it right now. I mean, if that's the case, I'll well, take it. I'd yeah. rather be at home. Heck but yeah. I'll take that. It would be so disappointing to lose to the Jags, though. I'd have to live to that week. At least the Texans would be in the playoffs in your scenario. Look, I rarely, if ever, I don't know if I've ever picked them to finish 10-6. and six. I probably did in 2012 to finish at least 10-6. and six. I don't think I've ever picked any number higher than 10 for a Texans team. I think if they stay healthy, they got a chance to be really good. That's just the bottom line. And you look around the division and everything, I think they should be very competitive, even though it's a much improved division. Okay, let me ask you a question that mm-hmm. I've asked other people. Right. The expectations are so high for Watson. Yeah. It's almost unfair to him. I wrote about this today. I have a column on Watson. So, considering he recovered from a torn ACL, didn't play much in preseason, didn't light it up every time he played, do we think that he could get off to a slow start and play his way back into the phenomenon that he was last year? Well, I think slow start, it depends on your definition of that. Well, instead of throwing 300 yards and three or four touchdowns, he might throw three interceptions and one touchdown and 200 yards. Uh, You know, the three interceptions I don't like. He's got to stay positive in that ratio. Like I said earlier, I think he's going to throw some picks. It's just he takes chances. And he's unfazed by any adversity. And that's why I think he'll – the cream will float to the top here. I do agree it could be a slower start. I think it's a lot to ask to go into Foxborough on Sunday and score 33 points. I think they might need to do that to win the game. And like I said earlier, they could lose this game and still have a great season. If they end up 1-1 one one out of these first two and one of the wins is Tennessee, look, I mean, you might have to take that. I might take that now but you know, instead of what's behind door number two. But let's just see how it plays out. Would you rather beat the Patriots or the Titans knowing the Titans mm. count so much more? I would say the Patriots. 
Yeah, I think that would give you such juice. But who are the Titans if they beat you after that? They might be really good. Well, then you got to beat them later. You know what? The great teams and even the really good teams, they deal with this stuff every week. They play good teams every week. They play a lot of primetime games. They deal with it. Let's see how the Texans deal with it and hope that they're a really good team. General, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? I have a column today on Deshaun Watson on Texas Sports Nation. I will have a DeAndre Hopkins story, and then I'll have a Hopkins column in the Chronicle tomorrow, and I have my Sunday preview pages back. I have a podcast today with Jerome Solomon, a podcast after the game with Jerome Solomon, and I have a new Q&A that I will be doing tonight. I need people to send questions. I tweeted out where they go, and then I will post that early Friday morning. Mark, thank you very much. I will see you at Gillette Stadium after I've had lobster. Yeah, I was actually on a New England radio show today, and they threw a chowder at me, and I thought, you live there, and you're doing this? Wow. All right, next up, David Fletcher, general manager, Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. What is going on in this building that's huge this week that doesn't involve the Texans? Yes, it's big. Sell out crowd, expected. Trust me, it's big. And we'll get it to ACL recovery. What does it take to Sean Watson recovering from one? All that and more coming up on Texans All Access on Texans. It's great to have you listening to Texans All Access tonight. Thanks to the General, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle for being on this evening. Now, it's a busy week at NRG Stadium with the Texans preparing to face the Patriots. But we also have a football game, soccer game here at NRG. And joining us right now to talk about it is David Fletcher, who is the general manager not only of the Advocare Texas kickoff at Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, but of Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, which puts on all these events here in this building. Fletch, how are you doing? Fantastic, Mark. We got another event week here. This is really weird because the Texans are getting ready for the season opener, and there's soccer in the building, or football, with Mexico. El Tree's here, right? They are. And Uruguay. This is a big one. This is a very big match. Listen. So, Tell me about it. You don't need to tell me about it. I'm okay. telling you, it's going to be huge. I mean, you have the first matchup. First of all, Mexican national team coming back to NRG Stadium, right. home away from home. They've played in this venue now 17 times. More than, 17. More than any other U.S. venue. And, I mean, that's and, almost as much as the Texans. <laughs> it's a well, lot. It's a home field advantage. So it's going to be a great crowd out here tomorrow night. There are still some tickets available, so certainly check out lssc.net for that. But I can tell you, or Ticketmaster.com. What time's the game tomorrow? 8.30. But it's a huge matchup for us. First match for each of these two teams since the World Cup back in Russia right. earlier this summer. Both teams made it to the knockout rounds. Uruguay, a top five world-ranked team. And a lot of people it. might not know that. This is a top five international team coming in here, Huge. and it's not the Mexican squad. It's Uruguay. It is, and and there are no slouches on the Mexican national team side either. Right. But when you look at it, most importantly, I think for fans, just casual fans even, the star power is super bright tomorrow night. I mean, Off you've got chart. Luis Suarez, one mm-hmm. of the top three players in the world. You've got uh, Godon on his side as well in Uruguay. That is another one of the best players in Europe. You've got an opportunity on the Mexican national team side to see Chucky Lozano. First time that he's been in the U.S. uh, 
post-World Cup and uh, a great opportunity. He was the hero of the Germany game, mm-hmm. Germany match, uh, that um, scoring that amazing goal. And um, you've got some also some, some mainstays like uh, Guillermo Ochoa, their goalkeeper, who's been on the team forever, and a lot of young stars. So if you're looking to see high-quality soccer, this is about as good as it's been for those international friendlies here in Houston. I don't expect you to know this, but Suarez plays for Barcelona, right? FC Barcelona. Yeah, so why are they allowing him to come here and do this? So it's a great question. This is actually what is called a FIFA date. And so those dates are on the calendar um, throughout the year, and they are the windows that the national teams can call up the star players to play, and they and they have to uh, mm-hmm. they have to abide. So, it works out that uh, this date is uh, is one that's here in Houston. Mexico is going to travel from here to go play in Nashville on Tuesday night against the United States in uh, in another World Cup. Oh boy, um, uh, World Cup uh, worthy event. So yeah, it uh, it's 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 really actually worked out. We don't typically get the FIFA date windows in the summer when we've had a lot of these. Right, international friendlies, but this is one window where we did, and that's why you see the stars on display. And it's relatively early in FC Barcelona's season, so I guess it's okay to let Suarez come here and play in this deal. This is pretty cool. Now, it's not artificial surface they play on, so the building undergoes a transformation. Just give me a glimpse into that. David Fletcher, general manager of Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, as Mexico plays Uruguay tomorrow in soccer here as the Texans get ready to travel to New England. Go. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big process. And you think back about the week we've had. So Thursday night, last Thursday, we were mm-hmm. hosting the Cowboys. Right. We turned over the building for uh, the Advocare Texas kickoff on yes. Saturday morning. Ole Miss defeating Texas Tech. Great energy, great way to start the college football season. And then Saturday night, they immediately start working on that process. So we've got a, a field turf surface here at NRG, as you mentioned, and uh, that is, stays in throughout the year. So they put a cover on top of that. Okay, so they, they don't dig it up and nope. roll it up no, and stuff. No, they, they, they put several layers to protect that surface, uh, and then um, they start moving in the field. And the field is uh, brought in out of, uh, out of an outside farm, and it's you know groomed year-round, and they bring them in, and they do a great job putting it together uh, and really creating – uh, something out of nothing. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're playing these on either you know a, a flat surface, concrete, a turf cover, whatever you yep. want to call it. But uh, it looks as good. It it feels as good as as any surface we've had out there. And uh, it'll be fun to see what it looks like tomorrow night. It'll be cool. It's natural grass installed just for this. I wish my lawn looked this good. Well, of course. Yeah, this is like Augusta National. They're putting <laughs> it out there. But they take it off, and then the Texans come back week three to play the Giants on the old – on the not old stuff because that's a new field, but on the regular stuff. Well, in between, we're going to host Beyonce and Jay-Z for a couple of shows oh my next gosh. weekend. So, yeah. So it's, oh, it's my really, gosh. It's, it's as busy a time as we've seen in this stadium for major events, and with good reason. It, you know, it's a great place to be. So, I mean, not just, not just these uh, events that we've talked about, but Texans opener on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift coming to Houston uh, and coming to NRG Stadium on the 29th of September. That's going to be a sold-out show. And and then it'll lead into a big rivalry weekend for football here in Houston. The Battle of the Piney Woods. Presented by HEB on Saturday. And then Texans-Cowboys Sunday night football. All right, so that's October 5th. or Uh, October October 6th and 7th. October 7th. Huge weekend indeed. Oh, my gosh, what a great appetizer that is for the Texans and the Cowboys to have Sam Houston State and Stephen F. Austin go at it. One more thing about this Mexico-Uruguay game that's tomorrow night, NRG Stadium, 830. 
So Mexico goes to Nashville. Do you know when that game is? Next? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. So if they rip up that field, David, that could be good. Maybe bad for the Texans. I don't know. The Texans play the Titans they on do. the field, right? They do. Yeah, it's an interesting way to think about mm-hmm. it, Mark. So. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I'll have to think about this. I know you'll plot on it. Who I wants know. the sloppy track, the Texans or the Titans? I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, we have no control over the situation anyway. Quickly on the Battle of the Piney Woods presented by H-E-B, as you said. And by the way, Scott McClellan and those new ads with Deshaun Watson and Honey awesome. Badger. Awesome. Those are really entertaining. I think they've really hit a new level. You know? I, mean, I mean, it's it's t- it's tough to top what they were doing with J.J., and, and obviously yeah. he's still a very important part of the H-E-B family. The Osweiler thing wasn't a high point, probably, with the cowboy <laughs> uniform, semi, you know, like the Toy Story thing. But, you know, it was funny at the time. You know who's the consistent winner throughout all that? Scott, Scott McClellan. And H-E-B. That's no right. So, and we love partnering them with them on yeah. that event. We're, we're in our uh, eighth year of bringing that event here to Houston, uh, and the 93rd edition, one of the oldest college football rivalries in Texas. So uh, it's going to be a great show. We're, uh, we're, we're looking to see if uh, this, this new Stephen F. Austin uh, team and staff and coaching can, can, mm-hmm. can maybe change the tide for them. And they're off, you know, they're off to a great summer practice and, and, and a great offseason. I know they had a tough one playing Mississippi State last week. Uh, that's a really well, good football team. But, uh, you know, they're going to have a, a good stretch of games, uh, winnable games down the stretch. Coach Jeff Bird is new to the staff and done a fantastic job of getting those players ready. And they're going to need it. I mean, Sam Houston's won seven in a row. So, you know, uh, here in this building. So they're going to need uh, they're going to need to bring everything they can. And uh, and we know they will. It's a great rivalry. It is, it is fun. fun. It is fun. I love the Southland Conference. You know that. David Fletcher, General Manager, Lone Star Sports and Entertainment, joining us. All right, so the bowl is a ways away. When, when is the bowl, by the way? What's the date of Thursday, the bowl? December 27th, 8 p.m., Academy Sports and Outdoors, Texas Bowl, Big 12 SEC matchup, uh, primetime game, solo game on ESPN that night. So. Okay, so when I used to work at Penn State, which was 100 years ago, the Orange Bowl guys would come visit in their orange blazers. Oh, yeah. The Rose Bowl guys, they weren't visiting yet, but – you know, do you have a blazer, David, for the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl? Like, do you require your entire staff to wear a certain color blazer and go in to a school and schmooze them? Bowls are a little different now the way they operate, right? They're a little different. You know, Mark, we've gone with a color that you know very familiar. You're very familiar with deep steel blue. It, I love it. Is what we go with. Let's so go. and and so yeah, we you know we've got a lot of our great volunteers and, and board members that are out uh, seeing some some uh, early season college football this time of year. Uh, I'm I'm staying back for now. We've got yeah, a few other things course. going on as we just talked about, <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's so fun to have college football back. What a great opening weekend it was last weekend. We had a good one here in Houston with the Advocare Texas kickoff. And, and, you know, I tell you, uh, we're, we just that game has grown into one of the most important games that we do as an organization. Uh, you know, the fourth most attended game in the country uh, wow. between the in the bowl industry, between the I'm sorry, behind only the, the uh, Rose, the Cotton and the Peach Bowl and ahead of the Sugar, the Orange and the Fiesta. That's so, impressive. You know, we, we've got a great title sponsor in Academy Sports and Outdoors that's, uh, you know, really focused on, on helping the local community and, and being a part of great things in Houston so we're really excited about that but we're gonna we're gonna make sure that uh, our uh, our events calendar continues in a very fun and, and energetic way tomorrow night with this uh, Mexico and Uruguay match and uh, if you're interested in coming out still a handful of tickets left uh, ticketmaster.com for that or for anything Lone Star Sports and Entertainment visit lsse.net 8 30 tomorrow night Mexico Uruguay right here at NRG Stadium David thank you thank you 
David Fletcher, General Manager of Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. Now it's time for Houston Methodist Minutes, a Thursday night tradition during the regular season. And to kick it off, Dr. Taylor Brown of Houston Methodist. How's it going, Dr. Brown? Uh, it's a great day. Thanks for calling, Mark. Well, thanks for being with us. Let's talk about ACLs. Deshaun Watson is getting over one of these, and these are very common in sports of all kind. What happens when there's an ACL injury? Yes, sir. These are common injuries. They happen both as contact and as non-contact injuries, traditionally with a twisting or a pivoting sort of motion at the knee. So there's a tear of sorts, and then what needs to happen to repair that tear? The tear is of the ligament, which is a structure that connects the femur, the thigh bone, to the shin bone of the tibia. That ligament is critical for maintaining the stability as the knee goes through a range of motion traditionally seen in sports. The injury does not heal itself and actually requires a surgery to reconstruct or create a new ligament rather than the ligament does not heal itself, nor does it actually, can it be repaired or sewed back together. You actually make a new one using a tendon from another part of the knee to recreate a anterior cruciate ligament. I know it's faster than ever to recover from an ACL, but what is the average recovery time, doctor? The ligament takes three to five months to heal and four to five months to get your neuromuscular strength and balance and coordination back. And so usually it takes nine months from injury to return to play. And what's the best way to prevent an ACL injury? Plyometric training, meaning jump drills. And we have found this with high school and college and professional level athletes, that if they do additional training working on explosive type strength maneuvers known as plyometrics, if they do that several times a week, they can greatly reduce the risk of ACL injury. Doctor, great information. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Dr. Taylor Brown of Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, which is offering its convenient sports injury clinics for student-athletes around the Houston area this fall. Saturday mornings in the Baytown area, Bay Area, West Houston, Sugarland, the Woodlands, and Willowbrook. For more information on clinic locations and hours, visit HoustonMethodist.org slash athlete, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. All right, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Thanks to the General John McClain for being on. David Fletcher, Dr. Taylor Brown, we've got a big one for you tomorrow. Johnny Harris will be on. We will have Bill O'Brien. We'll have Brian Gain. We'll have Jonathan Joseph. We have a lot of things to cover tomorrow as we get ready for the Texans and the Patriots coming up Sunday at noon, 9 o'clock with Texans Countdown right here. So don't miss any of the action. The season kickoff of NFL football is next on Sports Radio 610. The Eagles and the Falcons enjoy. Have a great night and go Texans.